I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Francis. Uh, Jamie. Okay, would you like to know what I've been up to recently? No, that's disgusting. It's obviously, it's not disgusting, okay? Like, I've been watching a lot of now TV. Like, I mean a lot. All right, that's not what I thought you were going to say, but... Okay, did you know, okay, there are so many box sets on there. Okay, fine, quickly, what's the highest number you know? Well, I mean, I guess infinity, but it's not... Really that easy to no, 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 okay, no, no, no. What we can find even higher than infinity, three hundred. Right. What? What are you? What, are you trying to make some joke? No. Something? Did you know that now TV now offers over three hundred box sets? Yeah. Plus all the latest and best shows like A Discovery of Witches. Okay, I did know that actually. Okay. But... Okay. And and did you did you did you know? Okay, like Sex and the City, Dexter. You can watch all of these and many more on now TV right now. Okay, fine. Count me in. I'm in. Okay, so I've come up with a plan on tour. Ready for this? Um. We're obviously going to spend a lot of time late nights in hotel rooms together. Well, we'll have different rooms, I've insisted. No, 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 no. I've insisted we share a room, we share a bed, we share everything, okay? And every night we'll stay up really late. What? Yeah, turn off the lights. Well, that sounds all right. Open a bottle of wine. I don't know where this is going. And work our way through. What? All our... Stop it, I don't want to... Favourite shows on Now TV. Ah... What did he? What did you think I was going to say? Do you think? I, do you not think I was going to mention that we could also watch over a thousand movies, including the Lego Ninjago movie? What do you think I was going to say? I don't know. It's something to do with your weird. I don't know. Do you know? I'm very excited today. I'm excited because, firstly, because that douchebag Francis Ball isn't with me, which I'm so happy about. He's a freaking douche. Honestly, I don't even know why I'm friends with him. Secondly, I don't know why I do a podcast with him. Doesn't he just annoy you? He annoys me a hell of a lot. 
oh, I am Francis. I'm so clever. What? Like, he's not here today. He's, he's busy doing some branded deal that's way more important than this, which makes him a loser. Hey, I don't go for the money. I just do it for the love of the people. Kidding, Francis. I love you to bits. Uh, today's episode is really exciting because we were in Edinburgh, Francis and I, doing our show, Private Parts, which you can get tickets at the moment, actually, uh, privatepartspodcast.com. And uh, at the end of it, at the end of Edinburgh Festival, they give an award to uh, who they believe, a panel of judges basically judge who they believe is the best comedian. Their show, not the best comedian, but their show is the best throughout the entire Edinburgh Festival. And Rose Matafeo. Now, Rose uh, won the award this year. She is an incredible comedian. She is from New Zealand, which makes it even more epic. I, I say this in the podcast today. Like the only, the only famous person I know from New Zealand is like Jonah Lomu and Sam Neill. You know, the guy Dr. Grant from Jurassic Park. Yeah, he's from New Zealand. Bet you didn't know that from his accent. And also, I didn't, I, the only thing I didn't ask her, which I kind of wish I asked her now, is what is the difference... And I hope I'm not offending anyone here, and I'm sure I'm going to. But what is the difference between an Australian and New Zealand accent? It's really hard to... Oh, g'day. I think that's Australian. And, oh, let's go in play rugby. I think that's more New Zealand. I don't know. But uh, we spoke to Rose. Spoke to Rose. She was so freaking awesome. Um, she's so talented, as I said. She's doing so many different things. She is going to take over the world. In replace of Francis Day, we have Pete Strauss, our producer, who is also a stand-up comic. Um, he's not on tour at the moment. Don't think he tours yet, but he he does occasional open mic spots. So if you go to an open mic spot and just shout out Pete Strauss, it might be him or it might not. Um, but anyway, hey guys, enjoy this episode. I think it's a really really good one. And Rose, thank you so much for coming on. I know you're super busy, but here it is for your pleasure. Private parts. You d- you don't want to wear headphones? Don't want to wear headphones. Why not? Yeah, why not? It's not my vibe, guys. Not my vibe. Well, you, you, I, I, as I walked in today, I saw you wearing headphones, so I don't understand. You were wearing headphones the entire time. I mean, I'm a last minute edition, aren't I? Yeah, that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't mean you're, you're, if anything, you should do what we say and put on. Yeah. I can get headphones? No, I'm not saying you need to. I'm just I'm saying. I'm going to bounce this peer pressure. I just, I'm just saying that when I walked in the room, you were wearing your new Bose headphones and you, you were excited. New Bose headphones. Yeah, and you Bose were wearing headphones. them. Yeah, he's wearing. Always cancelling Bose headphones. Yeah. Wow. I sponsored a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're wearing these Bose headphones and I was actually like, okay, fine, you're gonna, and now you're not wearing headphones. So, I mean, I'm just saying that what's wrong with these headphones? I just don't really I get like, it. I don't like hearing my own voice back or your voice really? back. I've, I've, or I've, our voices back. I can hear it now nicely. <laughs> Do you know, I always hear i always hear voices in my head it's not very good that is that i should probably go and see someone about I think it's normal is that normal yeah, unless they're telling you to do something bad just, you know. <laughs> no they sometimes do but like ignore that <laughs> <laughs> hello everyone welcome to private parts podcast this is where we read the most intimate and sort of details of our lives joined with us today is rose matafeo hello, hello. Woo, woo, woo. what up Hey Rose, can I be? I've been we've been trying to get you on the podcast for so freaking long now. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 dude, listen. I we had the other day. We had the funniest time together, didn't we? We, we did. Oh we, my god, it was so fun. It, it was, was so, so fun. Fun. I um, we went into something called Bake Off Extra Slice, didn't mm, we? Which we did. is well, you can explain it. It's basically it's basically Bake Off, but a, the extra bit of it. The isn't extra it? bit. Well, no, we just talked about Bake Off, didn't we? Um, and with Jonathan Ross, a little bit of Jonathan. <laughs> it was it was literally. 
the most I, I I was saying to someone else I felt like I was like um uh, uh, hanging out with like the cool kids at school like all, all the naughty boys the naughty boys at school you uh, felt that way no yeah because I was like in the middle of you two and I was like why the fuck am I here uh, this is Jamie and Jonathan Ross also, which is really also really weird for me because being from New Zealand and literally knowing both of you from things I've seen on television <laughs> being like what am I doing like so weird and surreal eating cake with Jonathan Ross because I bet you were literally like okay we got Jonathan Ross you mm. know big TV host great yeah. and then we got this wanker reality <laughs> star like what I've just won the Edinburgh Fringe and um, yet I'm here right now we go we actually go way back you and I in terms oh, we of do? So I used to work when I was uh, 19 or 20 on a, uh, t- a television channel in New Zealand called um, TVNZU. Very, very, like very, no one watched it. Basically stoners watched it. It was like a live television show from okay. 4 to 7. And the whole channel though had a, a reality television on it. And so uh, and so when Made in Chelsea season three came uh-huh. out, uh, which we had the rights, we were, we were playing big it, our season, channel. Big, big season, big season, big season, baby. Yeah, big season. Um, so what they made me do was I had to watch uh, live on television for a weekend from 12 midday to midnight and the next day from 12 to 8 p.m., um, seasons one and two. Oh my God, kill me. In a row, <laughs> in a row on live television um, with a live stream coming through. Shut I, up. Yeah, like so for a whole weekend I was made by my bosses to sit. And, and for that like, is incredible. Yeah, so live television and I was just sitting there and coming in and out and like I got obsessed as well. Yeah, you would do I was, God, yeah. you're forced <laughs> to watch it. I, 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 went nuts. I went nuts. Yeah, and everyone was like hanging there and stuff because it was so <laughs> funny. So that's how I got weirdly obsessed with so yeah, I'd it's watch- cool, man. You're obsessed with me. I, I mean, that's, no, that's <laughs> yeah. I mean, you came in later in the game, so you know. It was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we also got to mention before we kicked off that Francis is not here today, but we oh, yeah. uh, we have oh. our producer Pete Strauss, who's on board right now because you're a big fan of Rose, aren't you, buddy? Big fan. That was you really stitched him up there because what else could he say in that situation? He could have Imagine said, G- if I'd said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's a dick. Absolutely not. You're a big fan of Rose. <laughs> yeah, I came to see your award-winning show in Edinburgh this year. Oh man, thank you for coming. It's very, very good. I can't believe you came. That's uh, sweet of you. I came. Mish yeah. Kumar sitting behind me. Yeah, he was. Laughing very loudly. Stop name dropping. What are you, you name, like bragging? Name. about who I was. He <laughs> <laughs> was at least Just name dropping comedians. What it are was you? a very good show. Nish, I, Nish is a good pal, but he, he's, he's always good. Like You always know when he's in a show. Yes. Yeah. He's got a very distinct He. Laugh, we're yeah. talking for the show about people, like as long as like a pocket of the audience laughs mm-hmm. and the rest of the audience laugh, he's yeah. got one of those laughs. Well, he's my lucky charm in that sense because you know people yeah. kind of follow so because this is what we're thinking right so because obviously france and i on tour at the moment Mm -hmm. and what we really explained this before we went to southport okay which is above liverpool which people literally people go there to die and i and i'm sure anyone from southport listening are going like yep that is true (laughs) yeah i've got family in southport you you have family in southport i might do yeah buried there (laughs) (laughs) i'd say check up on them actually (laughs) give them a call it has more care homes than i've ever ever really? and as Francis I said oh I, I said why are there so many care homes and he went you'd love this because you love being cared for I was like what do you mean it's not like you go and get kids I suppose <laughs> things I just love caring like things <laughs> but we did that we did this thing in Southport where it was literally about 60 people there honestly yeah. 60 people in the audience uh, maybe less maybe like 50 how big was the room fucking huge <laughs> it was like <laughs> 
everything in Southport is old, apart from the theatre. Like, <laughs> the theatre oh is God. so new and nice. It was like the nicest theatre I've ever been to. Just everyone was old. And uh, I obviously run a naked. And it was just this moment obviously. where I... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, as you do. <laughs> but, you know, that's how we all start shows. Yeah, <laughs> just get yeah, naked. Mm-hmm. I just panic and go, God, it's not funny, I'll just get naked. <laughs> <laughs> at the very start as well. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you got a real problem. Yeah. 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 <laughs> everyone look at my car. <laughs> <laughs> I just start swinging it. Jesus. It's just a a show where you progressively become more confident in your abilities Mm. and put on more clothes throughout the show. Yeah, yeah. I start naked. I then then end just masturbating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You you start naked and you crescendo to fully clothed and then back to naked. I go, this is the climax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until pre-interval, climax, post-interval. Back into it, um, but how was doing such a? Oh, but, how but do you know show? what's so, it's so interesting is that, like as you said, you know we had. I there's always this sort of thing where people talk. You know when you, when you talk about running the marathon, okay, you talk about you you hitting you're hitting the wall. You know you're hitting the wall, mm. or you talk about other things where whatever. There's always that moment in comedy where you think, right, this is it. You're bombing. You're going to bomb. Yeah. And, and and I and in this moment, talking about pockets of laughter. No one was really laughing. It, it's we think we got a good show, but it's tricky. So I was going. So have you had those moments mm. growing up and in your career where you just like, holy shit, this is it. I'm now bombing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, every comedian has had <laughs> those situations. I mean, I think there are very there are specific moments or times in your you know doing stand up where you're like, oh, you in the moment you're like, I'm going to remember this as one of the worst <laughs> bombs I've had. But it's always about the situation, and I think you're. That's an example, like, of doing a fucking, you know, to 50 people in a huge theatre in Southport. Like, I had that when I was, like, maybe 16. I remember doing a gig in front of... It was a Dalmatian... It was a club for Croatian and Serbian and... Uh, so it was called the Dalmatian Club in Auckland, because um, I'm quarter, quarter Croatian. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get into this, I can't um, wait. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it was a huge hall, and I was performing in front of, I'd say, about six Dalmatian men. Six, you could, you know, six uh, Croatian... Half uh, men, men, half dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. 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 But, um, but no, it was, it was... And I was 16, I was like, this is bizarre. Like, it, I bombed like hell. But, but it's almost like when it's so bad, it's funny again so you can like kind of chalk it up to like a learning experience I think the worst bombs though are when it's like a middle ground like I did a gig um, you know just the other day when they're half like, laughing yeah when they're half laughing and you're like but you know you're not doing as bad uh, as well as you could be yeah, yeah. I think it's the, wor- the worst thing is is that when all of the variables are against you, so there's not many people, it's a shit crowd, whatever, at least you can go, well, fuck this. I could never have succeeded in this situation. But when you have tiny opportunities for it to be an okay gig and you still bomb, that is the worst to me. Do you know what that is? That. that is Because, Pete, you've done stand-up comedy as well, haven't you? I've done a bit, yeah. How, yeah. How, how, he, oh, he knows what bombing's like. No, <laughs> how long you done comedy for? Oh, are you ready? No, he's funny, I man. I kind of dip in and out a yeah. bit. I, I've, the problem is I've got to do the whole open mic yeah. You know, and you bring someone along, oh, and brutal. the worst, the last time I did it actually. So Can we just explain to uh, listen an open mic situation, right? Yeah. Is where it, it is. You, so you guys, can be, you know this. So why don't you guys explain it? So what is it literally? You explain this because I don't know the UK kind of. Uh, so you you can perform anywhere. There's like a million different places to perform in London at any time you want, but you've mm. got to bring someone along with mm. you, and they put twenty comedians on, like amateur comedians. What does you bring anyone? 
anyone you like. Like B B B Y O It's so you B Y O B buffers or booze. You fill the audience, but then the audience just like filled with like amateur comedians who don't want to laugh and their friends that have been brought along reluctantly. Oh shit. So it's such a strange and the last one I went to was in Highgate somewhere. And every other comedian on the bill knew each other. So everyone else was getting you're gonna love this guy, this guy's amazing, you're gonna love him, welcome to the stage. So so and everyone was getting like huge like like you know huge Cheers. intro yeah they didn't know me so they went oh and we've got pete strauss <laughs> and i walked on to silence <laughs> usually they clap you on i'd like a gig went okay but after that i was just like oh. did you start with everyone oh good evening highgate <laughs> yeah pretty much oh my God. Yeah. and it just that's it tough man, man. No, yeah it's horrible i mean i i was really lucky to bypass the open mic kind of vibe here because yeah i'd done comedy for like a while back in New Bragging. Zealand, but well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, just key jumping all oh, over. Yeah. The place. <laughs> what the hell is Cue this? Fucking jumping, man. It's uh, no, but 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 I know I have done a bit bits and bobs of it, and it's just mm. brutal. It's just you know, it's it, it sucks. I don't know how much you learn from it really like yeah. you get surely must learn it's like it's like sparring and then boxing in an actual match right i, I yeah. agree though pete though i agree because it's diminishing returns sometimes when it's like it takes so much effort and confidence and like hyping yourself up to even do comedy yeah when it's shit it's like it's taking more away from you than it's teaching you I okay think, so sometimes. it's it's, yes. like, it's like one step forward and four steps back in a sense it's, so you're you're basically going down great you know it's like it's good being on a stage and getting comfortable with um holding a microphone yeah. i'm on a stage you do that and sometimes for no rhyme or reason sometimes it seems to go great mm. and then you feel like you do the exact same performance the next night and you're yeah. like no one went for that i hate performing it's one of my i hate my job you know I, I, I hate what i no i do like <laughs> I, I genuinely do i i I said it in an interview once in a Guardian interview and they use it as the headline. I was like, oh, fuck me. But uh, it <laughs> was, my show. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, yeah, I love it. No, I, I think, I think, but I, I, I do. I don't have the instinct to, some, there are some comedians who, who are um, driven to perform comedy because, they're, they're, I think there's such a clear cut between two different types of comedians who want to get up on stage, love talking, love mm. being on stage. Like it gives them energy. Uh, and then there are other comedians who, if they could get away with not doing the gig, they would love that. But, okay, but, but, <laughs> but, but, but how, how does that work? So explain that even more. So you there, so you think there are two types of comedians. Yeah. Comedians who love performing and comedians who just generally want to make... Uh, I, think just, all, I think all comedians are, um, are both creative and like to perform, but I think it's the percentages of what those are, that sure. the makeup of that is. So I think a lot of people want to make something and put it out there in the world in any different way and they're just creative and they happen to be comedians and that's how they express that. Or there are people who really love the, like actually just even people who physically love being on stage compared to people who recoil at that. And comedians just genuinely, I think, fall into those two categories so much of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who have the confidence to like be on stage and like it gives them, you know, amps them up, uh, you know, being... But for me, I just am so the latter. But um, so but it doesn't mean you know. You're doing I'm it. one of the ones I just purely do it for validation. It's just you like, like me on stage. Yeah. You like me on stage. You're comfortable on stage. It. Oh my gosh, I love people loving me. No, I do you know what I I don't I I I love being on stage. But I have this constant thing where I, because I, 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 as soon, I firstly, there's a few things that happen to me. Firstly, mm. I run on stage naked. Yeah. So yeah. I, I go to take a pee about mm. ten so gotta, times 
before what? I run on. Yeah. yeah. And this is and this is no word of a lie. As I'm naked about to run on stage, I think, shit, I'm going to get a boner. <laughs> That's what I think oh every God. time. Every time. Every what? time. What? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We call it an NRB, a no reason boner. A like, no reason boner. <laughs> well, that's to be yeah, yeah, And I yeah, think yeah, that sure. that's going to happen. I think I'm going to run on stage and I'm going to get a boner. Thing. And that's going to happen. And that's... So then I run on stage with with pure, pure anxiety. <laughs> with like such, wow. you know, harnessed anxiety within me. And anxiety so I then boner. freak out. Yeah. Have you ever got one? Have you ever got one? I've never got a boner. No, on stage. <laughs> I've never got a boner. But there have been times on stage where like I will be thinking about something else and be so because you almost you probably you because you know the show so well or mm. your show or whatever it is well, yeah, 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 yeah. But you <laughs> yeah, go into sure. kind of autopilot sometimes because yeah, you're yeah. thinking about other things and yeah. so sometimes I'll be thinking about something else I'll be thinking about the fact that like oh have I said that right before yeah. what and so then I kind of lose where I am and that's totally. so you're not in the moment sometimes yeah. and that's what I'm trying to sort of coach myself you got, but that always happens you just gotta you 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 go outside your body and then you've got to yeah. go back into it and go oh shit i am performing i had that i've had that tons of times but especially when you're doing the same thing over and over again like for a month you know in edinburgh and stuff hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f- are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. But, but this, is, this is where I'm going to start. So this is, so Rose, the, the amazing thing about you, you grew up in New Zealand in, in Auckland. Oh, yeah, yeah, for intro me. No one knows who I am. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> right, is Rose Menefeo, she or grew up in Auckland, went to Auckland Girls' School. Isn't that Auckland right? Auckland Girls' Grammar, yeah. Uh, your dad is Samoan. Yeah. Your mum is Scottish and Croatian. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I love how you say Samoan because it's the exact problem I always have when I come to uh, the UK because it's, it's sa- like the, the emphasis is on more, so it's Samoa. And whenever I'd say I'm Samoan, everyone would be like, what? Yeah, and I'm like, what? Sa- Samoan? They're like, oh, Samoan. And I'm like, yeah, you, yeah, you got that right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the technical, the technical way to to say it is Samoan. So, like Samoa? Like it's um. So it's like as if you're saying more. 
Like Samoa, so yeah. Samoan. So Samoan. why why have we why have we changed that and said Samoan? Because you're you the British. Samoan, <laughs> you can't even you can't. I mean, you can't. Yeah, yeah, why you do, baby? <laughs> you colonize. You colonize basically every facet of my uh, heritage. I so. think we're so much right. Like Samoan sounds. Oh, you're Samoan. Samoa. What? what? Samoa. <laughs> Samoa. Samoa. Hey, I'm Samoa. What? That doesn't sound right. I feel. But I I find it. Fuck do you know what out. I find amazing is that. So your your heritage is so interesting. You got so you're Samoan, and then your Samoan, 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 Samoan. So like think of like the word to mourn. Like I'm mourning your ability to say Samoan, Samoan, Samoan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Samoan. Teach you how to say Samoan. Samoan. That'll be the you know. But then and then your your mum is yes. Croatian Scottish and um, now lives in Uganda. Yeah. So to so explain wow. that, so that she teaches over in Uganda. Yeah, she moved over there at the same time I moved up here to the UK. But yeah, um, what a rock star! Yeah, she's fucking. Cool. She's cool. She's a lot cooler than me, which is very troubling uh, and difficult. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. parents are very cool. My parents are. Don't um, worry, I have daddy issues. So oh, right. <laughs> <you know. laughs> yeah, abandonment issues. Oh, oh god, they're wonderful. all in there. <laughs> like, yeah. We all got them, mate. Um, but so you guys, so you guys grew up all together. Were you? Were you? Did your parents divorce at some point? Or they were... separated when I was about eighteen. Okay, um, but they're both Rastafarian, so they both got dreadlocks, and they are really. I I grew up in like um, the twelve tribes of Israel, which is like the kind of. Um, uh, Rastafarian denomination of in, in, in based in New Zealand, so yeah, it, it was it was very strange. So I genuinely, yeah, fully grew up grew up. What like a hippie style? Yeah, well, like amongst reggae and know the national anthem of Ethiopia and stuff and all of that stuff and and pretty pretty yeah. That's so <laughs> and, and that's wicked though. Was that kind of life like? Was it like sort of free living, free love, kind of like that kind of style, or was um, it more kind of your your sort of uh, your sort of interpretation of life? What was it? R- Rastafarianism is, is is it's actually not. <laughs> I mean, like everyone goes immediately oh bob marley yeah sure it's that's the immediate connotation with it and it's not wrong but um it actually attracts a lot of people from pretty hardcore background like religious background so like people who grew up catholic or seventh adventist you know that was where my parents came from to rastafarianism um so it is a slightly more it's basically it's basically skewed more to uh, you know people in africa like it's a so but why does, that, but why does that happen? Why? Because they've been so pushed to one religion that they then go, oh, okay, we're going to break free of that. What is well, it? Well, Rastafarianism is a kind of born out of the idea that Haile Selassie, the first Emperor Haile Selassie, when he became emperor, was, he was a prophet, basically, because he was sure. the first, like, you know, African emperor. So he was a prophet. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so basically it was born of that. So it's kind of tailored towards more... Less of, I guess, I guess, a white Christianity. You know what I mean? So, uh, so it attracted a lot of Maori and Pacific Island uh, people in in Auckland. So and are you like a community country. together? Is it yeah. like I had a lot of goat curry? <laughs> goat curry, goat I, curry. You know? No, it's not good. I, have you? Oh, I, I, you you're gonna have some good goat curry. I had some bad goat curry. Then. Really? It was. It was. Goat curry is nice. You like goat curry? Yeah, yeah. I'm a fan. It was if funky. You cook it, if you cook it well, and it's really good. Yeah, man. I'm just not sure about the idea of goats. I li- I, I really like goats. I so. read that it's apparently a very sustainable meat if we want the planet to keep going. Goats, yes. apparently. Really? It's like yeah. a substitute for like beef and stuff like you that. Who's eat. the hero now, Jamie? Okay, yeah. well, I'm just going to kill all the motherfucking goats. Yeah. <laughs> do you eat meat? Uh, yeah, I do eat meat. All meats? Uh, yeah, I eat it all. Apart from what, what meat have I eaten? We're talking about this. I had ostrich once. I did not like that. And I've eaten hippo. And I didn't what? eat hippo. 
I didn't kill the hippo and eat it. I just started, <laughs> like, did you eat hippo? I, 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 didn't know, I ate hippo. What kind of Jumanji shit is this? It's <laughs> yeah. so weird. I, went, I rolled a dice and went into a game and I saw me eating hippo. Hippos are really dangerous. Really, really dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. endangered? <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're in danger. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it, maybe, maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't eat a hippo. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember. No, actually, our cameraman over there has eaten dog before. Oh, how my was it? God, how chewy? Oh. You ate dog. You 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 bastard! What kind of, like a Labrador? What are you like killing these things? Come on the mic, Pete. Come on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> did you eat, where do you eat dog? Um, it was in Cambodia, and it was quite a horrifying story because um, I was getting driven in a tuk tuk to uh, back from these caves. And um, basically, there was a dog running alongside. And then we got back. I went into, I went around, came back to the tuk tuk. Tuk tuk drivers drunk. Everyone's really happy. Yay! Come and have some food and drink with us. Obviously, I'm not going to turn it down. Go over. I'm like, oh, this meat's chewy. What is it? It was the dog on the road. Oh <laughs> my god. I just and we never saw him again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Walks off into the sunset. He's that like, I'm is, done. That, that is, is up. That is fucked up. That's Insane. too much. I just don't think I can handle that. It's horrible. That. I don't think I can handle that. My, um, but game I'm so, going to try and move on. Yeah. <laughs> What just the sweet fuck? little dog just running around like having a really nice day and then just people just killing it. Maybe we've eaten f- dog. No, I have not no. eaten dog. Well, I dog reckon- curry, bro. That yeah. was chewy. <laughs> yeah. All your Rastafarian <laughs> buddies just <laughs> nailing your dogs <laughs> around the place. <laughs> but dude, but so, so, I, this is what I find. Because my, my sister, uh, she became like a Rastafarian, but she just basically went to India and took acid. I mean, that was, that was, that was <laughs> yeah, pretty... Because yeah. that's yeah. what... If you, if, a lot of people think that that Rastafarian I mean, kind of like style is where... You you're, well, no, you're playing the, reggae, you're smoking weed, you're hanging out, and yeah. you're, it's like about free love and music, oh, and that's no, probably, it's, it's not that, is it? No, it's not, it's, it's, it's not, it's way more hardcore than that. It's, it's a proper religion, you know what I mean? So it's, and then there is an idea of what it is, and then the reality of it, so which is very boring. I, I, I found it very boring. <laughs> but, but then did you have to, we, did you have to do, were you kind of like, because of your upbringing, things like, did you think that certain things were certain ways, and this is how it had to be, and this is what it was, or, or did you then suddenly start to think, oh no, wait, when did you sort of start to realize other things were different, or well, and outside of like not exactly, my my parents were very like my parents are ah, hippie-ish, you know, so they are sure. very much like you can do whatever you want, like <laughs> believe whatever you want. They weren't very strictly about this is you should you should believe in God or anything. I don't think I ever ever believed in that stuff yeah see i don't i do what about you do you think you're i believe in god do you believe in god here we go we've actually never spoken about this yeah it's a huge question man yeah do you you believe in god uh no you agnostic agnostic i'd say i'm agnostic as well but yeah yeah, why are you agnostic well i was kind of brought up atheist yeah i don't know i get this rock on yeah, yeah, hey, Rick sick, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was actually, brought up motherfucking atheist. <laughs> it, that's why I'd never identified being atheist. Yeah. People like Ricky Gervais's attitude to it. It's so grating. This is the, 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 it's exactly the same why I'd say I'm agnostic. <laughs> it's that certainty that there isn't a God is annoying as the certainty that there definitely is one. Yeah. Dude, I freaking get it. And then also, the thing when I... And then also, what, what I find so interesting is that, okay, fine, so you're then, you're growing up in this sort of Rastafarian kind of, like, community, you're... You're a chick. You're all these kind of, and you're 16 years old. Chick. You're a, you're, <laughs> yeah, chick. you're a girl. You're, you're a female. You're a lovely. You're a, bird, you're you're a, a woman. Bird. And and yeah. you decide to go into stand-up comedy. And you're 16 years old. 
and you start doing these things. Yeah, yeah. And as you said before, you have to hype yourself up. We had Tom Lucy on the podcast, who was the same age when he started, like 16 years yeah, old. Yeah. You have to hype yourself up to do these things. You know, most people, look at people, people like Mickey Flanagan or other people, like they're 30 years old when they mm. get involved in these kind of things. You're 16 years old. Mm. How do you suddenly go, you know what, I'm going to give this a go? Were you funny always or did you like being writing funny things? What was it? I think I was, I was just into like writing and like I was kind of just relatively a creative uh, teenager that didn't really it was just it was just an outlet to do creative stuff and I always found I liked writing and like I like performing and then I also was a control freak and so I it was like the perfect combination of that where as a teenager to do stand-up you get to write it and perform it and you're in control of the whole thing I think that was the most attractive thing to me because you know when you're a teenager you're often at the mercy of other people's opportunity you know other people giving you opportunities to do things or facilitate things for you and stuff and stand-up was a thing where it was just like i decided to do it and i could do it and i was allowed to do it and it was just doing you know it was just it was just the purest form of just going i'm gonna make something and do it and it be immediate and all up to up to me but, but was it but do you doing it in front of your school you going to like nights I, I got or? into it i got into it through a school program when i was 15 and then uh when i was 16 started doing open mic nights my mom but did you're 16 years old when i was 16 oh, years old i was like funny i had a masturbate <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i was doing the opposite i wasn't masturbating and <laughs> yeah, doing there we uh, go, comedy, there we yeah. go yeah. so i would have re- rather fucking had a wank rather than you know had a, <laughs> gone to an open mic night when i was 16 <laughs> get dropped off my mum. you know but I, how cool is that your parents are just like yeah go did they? I mean, that well, is. It was free. It was free. I mean, it was free to do. You know, it was an extracurricular activity that was uh, uh, pretty cheap. They didn't have to pay anything. Yeah, so. but Ken, but Ken, and I think I can probably say that this was what this is t- ten years ago or something. Yeah, yeah, ten yeah years so ago. ten yeah. years ago. And you can say that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can say that. I'm more thinking. I'm more thinking what I'm about to say. Can I say okay. That? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think this is fair to say, and you know, things have changed now. But you, you were, you were a girl doing stand-up comedy yeah. in New Zealand. Yeah. People would, I would assume that people would be like, what, what is, is this? What is yeah, this? Yeah, I had braces and curly hair, yeah. like fr- frizzy wet. I was a weird, it was weird. And also I had no stand up about any life experiences that I had experienced because I was 16 and a fucking nerd. So all of my stuff was weird observational humor about like, fucking Sesame Street or some shit you know like Denny's well, or you know like funny, you know, maybe you know that's quite just, funny though maybe that's why it would work I think it was that it was weird it was weird and also weird to start that young at an age and and in 10 years uh, for my style to change from being born out of being like a weird nerdy teenager who's like really self-deprecating into like an adult now where I can't keep that up but, but was that was that kind of born is it because you know, at, at 16 years old, right? I was, yeah. I went through. What were you doing at 16? Tell okay, me. 16 years old, 16 years old. I was trying to date Daisy Don Noble. Bleep that out. I was trying to keeping date. Keeping it in. Yeah, we keeping it in. Daisy Don Noble. Can we just put up a little uh, <laughs> subtitle of that name? Daisy's, da- this, this is the girl that remember <laughs> I cried on her plimsolls and, and my tears were <laughs> dropping on her feet because I <laughs> broke out of me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I was like, this is low. I was so in love with this person. I was that 16 years old. I was, I was trying to date her. I was just experiencing stuff. I was so insecure. Yeah, I was yeah. like awkward. I, I didn't really, I like girls, but didn't really know if they liked me and all these kind of things. And I think that I was just worried wh- about whether people liked me, yeah. whether I was cool, whether I was hooking up with the right girls. And you were there going, doing stand-up comedy. And but this is the exact difference. So I had what... no, but I had no distractions of boys because I did not kiss boys as a teenager. <laughs> Why did you uh, not kiss boys? I did not kiss boys. <laughs> I went to an all-girls school. I went to an all-boys school. And yeah, I was, well, yeah, I was just I practicing on boys. <laughs> 
I was not. I I had no. I got. I kissed no. I I kissed no one. I've told us about like. What was my first? Because like fifteen or something. It was with uh, as a boy who wore you know a Che Guevara um, a tote bag thing. Um, it was you know it was yeah it was that kind of vibe. Like I was very much I was such a like a proper nerd. So I had all of this uh, you know time to to put into all of these other things because I had no boys to distract me. Because you were literally like no I want to do math. No yeah yeah no no. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I wanted to. Oh my god! If I could give up. A ten-year career in comedy to have kissed three more boys as a teenager, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Send back that Edinburgh yeah. <laughs> if, if my if my twenty-six-year-old self came back to my fifteen-year-old self and was like, "Okay, you got two choices, all right? You can either you can either hook up with three more boys this year, or you one day when the Edinburgh comedy will be like three boys." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to get boys, laid. Right? I'll give you names. I'll send you names in the morning. All right. <laughs> That's, that's what I do. Oh, Rose, you're such a cheer. Listen, uh, that is the end of part one. We're going to be back in part two. We've still got Rose. We're going to have more repeat and loads more stories. See you in part two. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl, yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>